0: The City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina.
1: Hey everyone, this is Russell Cox, editor of the Municipal Association of South Carolina's Uptown Publication. Today I am joined by Erica Wright. Erica is one of the association's legislative and public policy advocates. And I'm also joined by Charlie Barino and Jeff Shacker, the Association's Field Services Managers. Erica, Charlie, Jeff, welcome. Thank you, hey, Russell. Russell. Hey, Russell, good to be here. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. We are here to talk about something that I believe all of you are discussing every single day these days, which is the American Rescue Plan. This is the 1.9 trillion that's trillion with a t dollar emergency relief fund passed by congress back in march which provides um 65.1 billion dollars to municipal governments around the nation so that they can respond to they can use those funds to respond to the pandemic offset revenue losses bolster economic recovery And I give premium pay for essential workers. That's right. Um, I'm going to start with Erica. Erica has had the ongoing job of learning everything there is to know about the ARP. Uh, In fact, recently, Erica, you were quite excited to show me your ARP binder. Is that the ARP binder? This is
0: it. Growing by the week.
1: (laughs) She She has filled up in an effort to keep all of this information straight. Erica, what are we talking about when we talk about the ARP?
0: There's so much to talk about. I think you did a great job in giving us some background information about the the rescue plan um, signed into law by President Biden on March 11th. Um, we're zeroing in here at the Municipal Association on that coronavirus local fiscal recovery fund. Um, and that is, as you mentioned, that is one hundred and thirty billion, but it's divided evenly amongst cities, towns and counties. So we're looking at that sixty five point one allocated to cities and towns. I think there's so much to talk about here but for our members and listeners benefits. The way that that money is trickling down is happening in two, one of two ways. And that is determined by classification. So the legislation has classified municipalities, cities and towns, uh, as either a metropolitan city or a non-entitlement unit of local government. Mm -hmm. Those cities and towns within our state that have been classified as a metropolitan city, they are what I call direct recipients of that uh, local fiscal recovery fund. That means that our metropolitan cities can access their money through the treasury submission portal. Uh, Many of them, we have 17 Mm -hmm. in the state. Many of them have already started to draw down their first tranche of funds.
1: Can you define tranche? I for can. Us? I've been hearing that so much lately. I
0: learned that with yeah. this American Rescue Plan. <laughs> so, the funds allocated to cities and towns will be delivered in two payments, or the legislation calls them tranches. This is a new word for me. I'm going to use it often. Uh, the first <laughs> tranche comes, and, and we'll talk about how that happens. But um, if you're a metro city, as soon as you draw down those payments, if you're a non-entitlement city, that's when you receive your money from the state. Mm-hmm. And then your second tranche, assuming that you've done everything correctly, that you have um, followed protocol with reporting, you get your second tranche 12 months later. Mm-hmm. And so that brings to me back to uh, the classifications. We talked about metropolitan cities being able to access their funds directly. Those other uh units of government. They are classified here in the state as non-entitlement units of local government. And they are indirect recipients of that coronavirus local fiscal recovery fund. And what that means is they will get their money from the state. Treasury will pass down their money to the state of South Carolina. And once that happens, the state of South Carolina has 30 days with a caveat that they have up to three thirty days extensions mm-hmm. to then uh, distribute that money to non-entitlement units of local government.
1: Mm-hmm. And the federal government has released a variety of guidance documents that we've put up on our website.
0: That's right. And and I definitely encourage everyone to read them. I know it doesn't sound like the, the best thing in the world to do, but knowledge is power. It's yes. very important. And there are a few documents. So when this legislation was signed into law, we were told to expect how to implement this in our cities and towns. And that came, I want to say one day before the deadline that it was due. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the first thing that was um, introduced or was released to us from Treasury is the interim final rule. And I say interim because it's just that it's not final yet. We are in what we call a comment period that is going to go until July Mm 15. And so that's One of the main reasons, yes, to know what's in the interim final rule, and that kind of spells out how this legislation should be applied, what cities and towns can use the money for. It goes into detail. It's 151 pages, but it's good stuff. I would suggest, highly suggest reading through that. And if you have comments, you have an opportunity to submit those comments to Treasury before this document is finalized. Mm -hmm. So that is on our website. That's the interim final rule. About a week ago, we received the reporting requirements, and that's a 31-page document. It might be a little bit more than that. And that outlines the reports that cities and towns are going to have to submit to Treasury on how they utilize these funds. Um, There are a host of FAQs, frequently asked questions. These, I feel like, get updated weekly. And I tell the story how I I hold myself in a conference room about last week, to go over all things ARP-related just to get back to my desk. And there was a new set um, of, <laughs> of FAQs to go through. The so binder it, is growing all the it's time. It's growing. It's growing. This started off as like a one-inch binder. I think we're up to two. Um, but it's growing. And we're uh, – Jeff, Charlie, myself, we're staying on top of everything that's released. But it, it our knowledge, when we're happy to share it, I don't think – I would encourage, I'll say it this way, members to read the information on their own. Um, let us know if you have questions, but it's really helpful to know what's in there.
1: As, as always, the website is www.masc.sc, uh, the American Rescue Plan stuff. You could search for ARP or American Rescue Plan, but it's it's right on, on the front. It, it is accessible from the front page as well. So, Erica, when you talk about the 254... Uh, non-entitlement yes. cities and towns. So uh, the big question, of course, is when does the money come through? And it sounds from what you said about that, the, the short answer is we are not quite certain because of the variables.
0: Correct. So the legislation calls for non-entitlement units of government to receive their money from the state. So in order for that to happen, the state of South Carolina, so there's two pots of money under this coronavirus state and local fiscal recovery fund. There's mm-hmm. the local fiscal recovery fund and there's the state fiscal recovery fund. The state of South Carolina has to go into the Treasury submission portal and pull down South Carolina's $2.5 billion. When the state does that, and this will be the Department of Administration tasked to do that, mm-hmm. when the state does that, Treasury will automatically send the $435 million that's going to the 254 cities and towns. So we can't get that money until the state pulls down its money. It's, it's intertwined by law. And so where we are now, the state has not yet done that. The Department of Administration has not made that request yet Mm -hmm. and is waiting on the green light from the General Assembly. Um, Many know by uh, the General Assembly adjourned with a sine die resolution that has them coming back to Columbia to discuss the American Rescue Plan in September. Mm-hmm. We are working with members of the General Assembly, with the governor's office to speed up the timeline or at least get that green light over to the Department of Administration before September mm-hmm. so that our cities and towns can get their funds. So we're working. We have our members contacting their members of the legislature to see if we can get that timeline moved up. But our members can rest assured that that's something that's on our, our minds and task lists every day is getting that timeline moved up from september if we can
1: okay to to turn now to um jeff and charlie who are fielding questions from all all the cities and towns every week could you guys talk to us about what cities and towns should possibly be thinking about right now with this funding that is coming and jeff i could start with you yeah
2: sure russell um well, you know, the advice that I've been given cities to, to consider is, um, you know, in terms of preparation, and we've got some of this guidance like you mentioned on our, on our website, mm-hmm. you know, so definitely take a look at the ARPA coronavirus uh, stimulus landing page that we've got on the site. Um, but I've, I've suggested to them that they be prepared to open a bank account to receive the money. Uh, so that they can basically firewall it from you know, their other financial resources, mm-hmm. that they understand that uh, when they are in a position where they can request the money and they receive it, that council will make the decisions related to uh, how it's used. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, the decisions they make need to be um, you know, congruent and in line with the guidance that's been issued by the Treasury Department, uh, like Erica mentioned Uh, So you got to work within that framework. But ultimately, council will determine how it's spent. So what needs to happen is it needs to be budgeted. Um, And, you know, one way to consider handling that would be if you've you've got the separate bank account for the money, so you firewalled it, that that you would establish a special revenue fund. Mm -hmm. So it would have its own budget that council would adopt with an ordinance. Um, They make sure, you know, that they've got their DUNS number and their SAMS registration um and okay,
1: then, w- okay what are those terms I I, <laughs> I, I I saw those in some of the emails but
2: yeah and, and sam's what it's a system of award management award management yeah. I, I the a was i was struggling <laughs> with the a just anytime you're doing business with the federal government or you're a recipient of uh, federal funds or some form of financial assistance mm-hmm. you have to be registered and uh, it's an annual registration so even if you've done it one time and uh, haven't touched it in a while, you're going to have to renew. Uh, so you need to be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. And the, the DUNS number, the uh, DUN and Bradstreet number um, is also associated with, with federal funding. Uh, and Erica could probably speak better to that than, than me. Uh, but those are some steps, you know, preliminary steps that you can take. And then I think begin, you know, reviewing the, um, the interim final rule, like Erica mentioned. And then I, even more so the frequently asked questions that have been released periodically. Right. It's just sort of like a, constantly evolving landscape Mm -hmm. and thankfully the evolution is towards more detailed information about how you can use the money Mm -hmm. and that'll help inform council and management on how it can be used. Um, And I think understanding, I I know, you know, we're talking about what like, you know, a lot of the entitlement uh, cities or the metropolitan cities have already received their first tranche or their first installment of money. We've got 254 other cities They've got time to make decisions. It's not like it has to be done immediately. And, mm-hmm. and, and even though there, there's going to be a lot of buzz and there's going to be a lot of interest in moving forward, I mean, I think a key is just making sure that, however you want to make use that money, that you know that it's compliant with the requirements. Because the last thing you want to do is get yourself in a position where you may have to send that money back to the back to the federal government after you've spent it. Um, so uh, it's not. It's a little bit of a marathon. I mean, I know I know two and a half or close to three years can get by in a hurry, especially mm-hmm. when you work in municipal government like we do. A lot of times, it takes these projects a while to fully develop and mature, uh, but you still, you do have a little bit of time. So it's not like um, you know time is of the essence in terms of of expending it. What is of the essence right now is just preparing uh, and, and then making sure you make some sound decisions.
1: So with opening up an account to, as you say, firewall the money what requirements does, does that fulfill?
2: Well, I mean, you know, it, it really is a, is a, um, a customary practice by a lot of cities when, when you receive grant funding. I mean, I think any city that has experienced community development block grant has, is, uh, is familiar, you know, with doing that and, and the whole, uh, you know, special revenue fund, uh, approach to budgeting too, mm-hmm. uh, which has the same effect from a, uh, uh, financial planning standpoint, you know, where you've got it segregated. So, Um, and then, you know, you can always, to, to me, what that assures is transparency. I think it makes it a little bit easier too to explain to the council, um, the money you're receiving and how that money's being used. Because a lot of times these projects span multiple budget years. And when you have it within a larger fund, like a, uh, utility gross revenue fund or a general fund, um, it gets a little bit more difficult to explain to the council, because it's intertwined with so many other revenues and expenditures because mm-hmm. uh, you know what you end up doing you receive money in one year if the expenditures are in a subsequent year well then you're appropriating fund balance which was the revenue that went to fund balance in the preceding year it can already be difficult to explain that within the framework of a special revenue fund but mm-hmm. when you intertwine it with however many millions of dollars a uh a decent sized city would have in their general fund or their utility fund. It makes it more difficult. So, and easier for the public to understand too. So
1: Charlie, is there anything you could uh, say in addition to Jeff about what to be thinking about now? Yeah.
3: And in, in, in addition to what uh, Jeff said, I don't, I don't think he specifically or Erica did mention the dates. Um, you you have to have the funds allocated by 2024 mm-hmm. and spent by 2026. Um, so yes, there is, uh, an importance of, uh, as Jeff mentioned, firewalling transparency. Um, and while I think we are all, uh, energetic, excited to be able to do some projects, there, there should be a level of patience, uh, as Jeff mentioned, let, let's get this right. Do your research, read the guidance, um, uh, particularly with a lot of our municipalities that are operating utilities, uh, we, we are getting uh, a lot of inquiries uh, around the, the use of the funds for infrastructure. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, patience is very important, ensuring that all of council is aware um, of, of, the, uh, of the allocations that are, are the uses that are available um jeff has seen this i know that we have have worked to facilitate a couple of these meetings already um have a work session where council goes over um, the uses uh now begin begin thinking about what the various uses are and and um it, you don't have to use it just for one thing i mean you could do many different uh things with with the funding and allocate it such so uh starting conversations now is is very important okay
2: well, and I think, I think those are great, great comments. And it made me think too, um, you know, one thing that we would encourage cities to do, and I think we've learned from some cities that have already gone through this process is definitely to use the, uh, revenue replacement calculator. You know, we've got that link now. There's an inflationary factor in it, which is, you know, fairly significant, um, I think some cities may be surprised what when they plug their numbers into that Excel spreadsheet, what it produces for them. So, you know, don't discount the fact that you believe your revenues are at least flat or even increasing during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and use the revenue replacement calculator and confirm it. You know, I mean, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Um, I think that that's really important. Um, I
1: haven't looked at that specifically. Is that something that uh, Department of Treasury put together?
0: It's I know uh, the National League of Cities. did one so did uh, the national association of counties as well and there may be some others out there Yeah. yeah so
1: you talk about uh questions coming in about utilities uh could you characterize some of the other questions coming in these days about arp
2: yeah, well, we've, like, like you mentioned, we've gotten a lot of questions about water and sewer, and there's interest in broadband. I mean, I think, you know, particularly small towns and cities and rural areas are recognizing that, hey, you know, right now we're on the wrong end of the digital divide, you know, and this may be an opportunity to correct that. Mm-hmm. And there's efforts underway. You know, we've got a good bit of that occurring now, and this money I think will open up some opportunities there. Um you know, we've get get a fair number of questions about how it may be capable to use, utilize that money in from an economic development standpoint or within downtowns. Mm-hmm. You know, downtowns are just that's just a constant effort. I yes. mean, it just it uh, you know an never ending effort. So, and it should be. I mean, you should always be working on your downtown. Um, you know, so that, those are a couple.
3: I'll also get a number of. Um, uh, you, sewer is both sanitary and stormwater, so mm-hmm. you know we're we're getting a number of uh, drainage and flooding uh, related uh, questions. I know Eric and I attended a, a meeting last week, and it, it seemed that that drainage was a, of high interest. So mm-hmm. um, the funding uh, likely can be used for a, a, a drainage project.
2: And you know, and related to that too, I mean, if you're pursuing a uh, thinking, you know, how that ties into downtown, you're you're pursuing a streetscape project downtown or an extreme makeover more than likely you're going to have some stormwater work mm-hmm. that's necessary. So, I mean, you, you know, you need to, you know, right now, you know, I don't know if the guidance is completely there, you know, w- related to stormwater, new construction like that, but um, um, certainly that needs you know, look into that because that may be an opportunity.
1: And, and to that point of looking back at the guidance, we have read the guidance. We, we have familiarized ourselves on an ongoing basis with, with it, but you couldn't look to the association to make a ruling on the eligibility of anything
3: yeah we we are getting a lot of those calls that um that inquire is point blank is this eligible and and the association cannot determine uh eligibility uh it's going to be up to the municipality to to read the guidance um possibly reach out to treasury and and seek um Seek, seek assistance from Treasury.
0: Yeah, I, and I know that sounds weird. You know, I'm really emailing an entity like Treasury, but it's work. We had a member who had a specific question about uh, what he wanted to use the funds for. And we have that link at the top of our resource page, uh, our ARP website, web page, uh, contact Treasury. Mm-hmm. And he immediately got a number that said, you know, this is where you are in the queue. And I think it was the day after that. He received his answer and the FAQs were updated to reflect that answer. So oh, now, for reporting nice. purposes, you have a response from Treasury that you can hold on to that says, They said that I can utilize this. And it, he wanted to use his funding to support uh, public safety mm-hmm. in his town. And Treasury pointed him chapter and verse yes, that is an allowable use. And so, I've had to reach out to Treasury with that same email address, and I was able to get a response. In about two days, that's the going time. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage, it doesn't hurt, to reach out to Treasury. If you have a specific question, I think they would be more helpful with specifics than I know I would be. We would be at the Municipal Association. At the end of the day, their word over ours, any day. And so hold on to that, whatever response you get from Treasury, and go by that. Okay.
2: Absolutely. I think, I think the rule of thumb in the case of ARPA is it needs to be permission as opposed to forgiveness. So, uh, (laughs) you definitely get that determination if there's a question mark, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the things too, that we've talked a little bit about, and, you know, I I don't know, you know, Charlie mentioned that you've got to have the money obligated by December 31st of 2024. And then, uh, you know, at least committed to be spent and then spent, um, you one of the things i've wondered about and we experienced this during the recession the great recession is the spike in contractor uh, uh, pricing and materials and you know we've already seen incredible increased uh prices on materials whether it's you know lumber you know any any type of wood but pipe too i mean Mm -hmm. i i know some plumbers who have said you know i quote a job and you know, the quote's good for 24 hours because the cost of the materials increases that rapidly, you know? Mm. Um, and I've, I've wondered to myself, you know, if the city, uh, took their time making their determinations on how they, they intend to spend the money, will some of that be a little different? It may not be. I mean, you know, in, 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 two to two years, we may not see major changes mm-hmm. in what the, what the materials cost, but, um, you know, there there could end up being some advantages to taking your time a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not only, the most important thing is getting it right, you know, making mm-hmm. sure you don't spend the money improperly. But another one may be that, you know, you, you may get more value out of every dollar you spend.
1: So some of the themes are are patience and it's a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah.
0: And I can share from an advocacy point of view, one of the questions that I've received, Jeff and Charlie, you may have as well, is when you have such large amounts of money flowing to cities and towns with vague guidance there's a lot of reluctance to spend there's some nervousness there Mm -hmm. and so I've gotten the question will the municipal association serve as a clearinghouse for projects or will you house like projects and while we won't assume that role. We have been in conversations with GuideHouse and members have heard of that that entity. It's a third party uh, contract organization mm-hmm. um, that has worked with the state before. If our members receive CARES Act funding, you know you have had to go through GuideHouse um, for your reports and to pull down funds through the CARES Act. Mm-hmm. The state is leaning towards, and this is public, this was with um, mentioned at the last Accelerate SC meeting, the State, the Department of Administration is looking at partnering with GuideHouse to assist in the distribution of funds to non-entitlement units of government. A part of that and one thing that we have advocated for is for GuideHouse to offer some sort of assistance to municipalities should they want it, should cities and towns want to run projects by GuideHouse um, so that you have an entity that's familiar with the legislation that's been stood up by the state of South Carolina to weigh in in a way that we cannot. Um, At the last Accelerate SC meeting, it it looked as though that uh, task force will make that recommendation to the governor that in partnering with GuideHouse, that there's some sort of service provided to cities and towns to assist with that spending and so Mm -hmm. we're tracking that and should that happen we'll of course communicate that to members so that you do have an entity that you can run projects by and that's their purpose that's what they're there for so we're tracking that it will likely be a cost to cities and towns so we're tracking all of that we're a part of those discussions but wanting our members to know i had someone come up to me and say i'm not pulling down anything until i have some more clarity on how i can spend it so we're we're working on that aspect of it, too, from an advocacy standpoint. And we'll keep members posted.
1: Okay.
3: One, one other uh, thought uh, for our, our smallest members, Russell, uh, is is the budget uh, component of this. Um, the uh, entities are going to have to submit their 2020 municipal budget. And if um, they cannot receive more than 75% Uh, of that uh, amount so Mm -hmm. they they may be seeing some uh, estimates that that are coming to their municipality but i I think they need to realize they're going to have to submit last year's budget and depending on that number will determine whether or not they're able to get the full amount uh, that has been been allocated their municipality
1: well guys that covers everything I i had to ask about any any final thoughts
3: our website is awesome, www.masc.sc.
0: Very good. Check it often. As soon as we get information, <laughs> we update that site so it changes. And
1: we've we've updated that page a number of times, <laughs> Quite a <few> times. so <laughs> far, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you, Thank Russell. you, Thanks Russell. You enjoyed it.